shit, I need a back out of me. Hello? Yes? Uh, I'm, uh, I live in the building, and uh, I have a, my doctor, I have a doctor, but he's, he's dead, so... I guess I was just wondering if I could meet Dr. Bigelow about maybe being his patient starting now, because I have a back thing I... Well, the doctor is eating his lunch. But, let me see. That's all right. I'll just check with him. Thank you. Thank you. He'll see you now. Oh, Go right in. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. What can I do for you? Uh, well, I hurt my back today really bad. Uh, can you help me with my back? I mean... What's wrong with your back? It hurts. Mm -hmm. My professional diagnosis is your back hurts. Well, what can I do about it? Nothing. Nothing? The problem is you're using it wrong. The back isn't done evolving yet. The, it, you see, the spine is a row of vertebrae. It was designed to be horizontal. Then people came along and used it vertical. But they're meant for that. So the discs get all floppy, swollen, pop out left, pop out right. Can take another say twenty thousand years to get straight out. Until then, it's going to keep hurting. So that's it. It's an engineering design problem. It's a misallocation. We were given a clothesline, and we're using it as a flagpole. So what? What should I do? Use your back as it was intended. Walk around on your hands and feet. Or accept the fact that your back is going to hurt sometime. Be very grateful for the moments that it doesn't. Every second spent without back pain is a lucky set. String enough of those lucky seconds together, you have a lucky minute. Okay. Come see me when you have something uh, fun, like a uh, blood disease. That's what I went to school for. Okay, I think I got it. I got it. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. Bad back, huh? Yeah, I guess there's no cure. Wanna know what I do? My back always hurts because of this chair. This really works. You just rub it all over your upper back, lower, wherever you can reach. Mm. Oh. My back is much better, so. Better than what? Oh, well, you know, my, my back was hurting and it, 
It's better now, so thank you. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think I had anything to do with that. Easy, easy, easy boy, easy boy, easy, easy boy. Sit, sit, sit. Okay, okay. Yes, what? Oh, nothing, just I've been uh, dating this girl. I'm, I, I just, I, I, not, I, did, I was dating this woman and uh, she's leaving the country, so I don't know if, it's kind of confusing, I don't know if I should keep dating her. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why I'm, I'm hearing about this. What? I'm sorry, I just, when I was in your office, you gave me really good advice, you know, philosophically, so I guess I... So you, you want me to advise you? About what? But I, I, I've been, okay, I've been dating this woman and uh, I don't know if I should keep dating her because she's leaving the country. I'm not going to get to stay with her. And I'm liking her more and more, so it's, you know. Here's what I can tell you. In medical school, they tell you about thousands of things that can happen to the human body. Diseases and maladies that you could never dream of. There's a thing where your bones dissolve and you become just a sack of organs. People are born sometimes with no eyes, with no face. They're rare, but neurological diseases that eat half of your brain. People are born sick and they never know a moment of anything but pain and suffering. So, nobody cares whether you date this girl or whether you don't. Just pick a road and go down it, or don't. But there's got to be a way to decide which one's going to make me happier, to, to predict. Take a look at this dog. What's his name? Doesn't have one. How many legs does it have? Three. The answer is it has plenty of legs. Had four. A coyote in Poughkeepsie chewed the other one off. Look at his face. Perfectly happy. Belly is full. Just looking, waiting to see what comes next. Do you know the only thing happier than a three-legged dog? A four-legged dog. Now, if you excuse me, this dog would like to get some air. Hello, Medicine Remixed. I have a question for you about the procedure of discectomies, where, uh, as you know, would know, a um, section of the prolapsed disc between that sits between two vertebrae has um, uh, kind of pushed out, and um, in many cases, the reason why it's been detected is because it's pressing onto the nerve root coming out from the spinal cord. And there's been traditionally, there's been a belief that that's been what has caused the referred pain. And uh, I think my understanding is that that's still a little bit in question because you can have uh, two people can have exactly the same you know, um, prolapse, but one would have no pain and the other would have significant pain. Uh, what's your take on discectomies? I'd like to know. Yuka Lulu. Thanks for the great call-in question. So for the uninitiated, 
the spinal cord runs through a long tunnel or a spinal canal which is surrounded by a spinal column which basically runs from the base of your skull all the way down to your tailbone and the architecture of the spinal column is made up of several bone blocks called vertebra or vertebral bodies between those bone blocks are shock absorbers called discs and at each bone block level of the spinal column there's a joint which gives the spine mobility and it also provides a window or foramina latin for window or hole i believe but i like to think of that foramina as an exit for a nerve root which is basically a nerve branching off and exiting that main spinal cord information superhighway that's running through that spinal canal and by exiting through a foramina that nerve is able to bring feeling and function to muscles throughout your body and the part of that architecture that can differ from person to person is how wide or narrow that spinal canal is for your spinal cord to run through that's something you're just born with and can't change congenital stenosis where congenital means at birth and stenosis refers to narrowing is how we describe someone born with a relatively tight spinal canal and that stenosis can exist in the main central spinal canal that your spinal cord runs through as well as the foramina or exits that spinal nerve roots exit through something referred to as foraminal stenosis so the reasons two similar size disc herniations can affect people differently is because the space the herniated material takes up in those spaces your spinal cord and nerve roots occupy are different from person to person so in other words some people are born with tiny new york city studio apartment sized spinal canals and others have i don't know large buffalo new york studio apartment sized spinal canals where the same size mess looks way worse in the smaller apartment than the bigger one if that makes any sense but bad disc herniations can hurt a lot obviously and the symptoms can vary in severity depending on how big of a herniation we're talking about between NSAIDs which are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen aka Motrin or naproxen aka Aleve and physical therapy with those two things NSAIDs and PT I would say anywhere from 80 to 90 percent of people with a disc herniation get significantly better if that doesn't work corticosteroid injections can be given under x-ray guidance by a radiologist or an anesthesiologist to basically decrease the swelling or inflammation that occurs around the pinched nerve from the herniated disc and the last resort is a lumbar microdiscectomy which is a very reliable and very common spine surgery it's basically as minimally invasive as spine surgery gets but for the untrained eye it's still a fairly involved surgery and micro and microdiscectomy refers to the surgery being done under some sort of magnification whether through an actual operating room microscope or surgical loops with microscopic magnification and in medicine the root word ectomy refers to removing something appendectomy means removing the appendix for example so a microdiscectomy is removing a disc herniation under microscopic magnification i'll say that it's a very successful surgery for relieving the kind of back pain that's felt more as radiating leg pain than just pure back pain so are those injections that i mentioned overall it's a very safe procedure and works well for most people but every so often there's a complication i hope that's somewhat 
answered your question. You've actually asked this question at a perfect time, whether knowingly or unknowingly, because a few weeks ago, we did a few segments about Steve Kerr, who's of course the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, an NBA basketball team who just won their second NBA title in three years against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And if you're not familiar with the backstory, pun definitely intended, about Steve Kerr, it's relevant to your question because Kerr had a very rough time since having a lumbar microdiscectomy shortly after winning his first title with the Golden State Warriors. And he encountered a fairly rare complication known as a dural tear, which caused a cerebrospinal fluid leak and that caused him to step away from coaching for half of last season and for 11 games during this most recent playoff season as he was recovering from yet another surgery to repair the tear and stop the spinal fluid leak. And that was done at Duke University early last month. But he recovered well enough to return on June 4th, which was game two of the NBA Finals, and led his team to a pretty emotional win last night, especially for Steve Kerr. So Lulu's question and the Warriors' historic win last night was a great segue into running back those Steve Kerr segments and uh, retell his truly remarkable story. You're listening to Medicine Remixed on Anchor. Well, I'll be damned, Anchor fam. It's Monday. Again. I don't know about you guys, but every Monday feels like the start of a comeback of some kind. At least that's one way of saying it. And speaking of comebacks, how about them Golden State Warriors? Misses, rebound, tipped, and that's it. The Warriors survive and take game one. So for those that don't know, the Warriors came back from trailing as much as 25 in game one of the Western Conference Finals Sunday against the San Antonio Spurs. And that's the largest come from behind win in game one of the finals in 15 years for any random sports stats aficionados and nerds out there. But uh, regardless, it was a significant win for the Warriors, especially with their backstory this postseason. In case you just missed that, when I say backstory, I mean that literally. The pun was most definitely intended. I'm of course referring to head coach Steve Kerr having to step away from coaching the Warriors during the first round of the playoffs due to complications from back surgery. In the past few years, Kerr has had several interventions to help his debilitating symptoms of headaches and pain, among other things, that was all stemming from the fluid leaking out from his spinal sac. Kerr recently met with specialists from Stanford and Duke University, and he ultimately had a procedure done at Duke, which has so far led to much improved symptoms for him. I thought this was somewhat important context to have before mentioning what transpired at halftime yesterday in the Warriors locker room. Although Mike Brown is the current official interim coach of the Warriors in Steve Kerr's absence, Kerr has been peripherally involved during his recovery and it may or may not have been the words from the comeback kid himself, Steve Kerr, in a time of adversity and inspire his Golden State squad's comeback last night after losing to the Spurs at halftime. Arena is stunned. Uh, if you just walked by a TV and did a double take, so leave your eyes, the Spurs find themselves up 20 points at the half. You gotta find that balance between pace and, and discipline. That's Steve Kerr in the Warriors locker room at halftime. So we're, we're a little out of sorts because we're trying to push it, trying to push it, and now we're turning it over a little bit. I thought our defense was actually really good in the first quarter. 
But then, we, you know, we turned it over. They got some easy ones. So now we're playing from behind. And then the second quarter, we got out of sorts. So get your toys back. Wings run like crazy. Right? Just settle in on, like, three stops in a row. Let's get three stops in a row. And the push will come from that. The pace will come from that. All right? Settle in. We'll be all right. All right? It was really on some NBA-style Any Given Sunday shit. We can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell, one inch at a time. Like a lot of people, I'm a sucker for underdog stories, and accordingly, I've been known to love any and every sports movie, no matter how formulaic, because that story formula of overcoming adversity is literally in our DNA, and therefore, also in our NBA. Steve Kerr, in particular, is no stranger to adversity. A little-known fact about Steve Kerr's story, even for die-hard NBA fans, is that on January 18, 1984, during Steve Kerr's freshman year at the University of Arizona, his dad was shot and killed by political extremists in Lebanon. Dr. Malcolm Kerr, Steve Kerr's father, was a prominent Middle Eastern scholar and president of the American University of Beirut. Malcolm Kerr, the president of American University in Beirut, was gunned down in his school today, the latest victim of Lebanon's seemingly endless violence. Kerr doesn't like to talk about that time in his life very often, for obvious reasons. He'll answer a question about it here and there, but he'll pretty quickly ask to change the subject. But this mental adversity he's overcome, as evidenced by his living legacy. Being in rarefied air with Jordan and being coached by Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich yielded Kerr five championships. He admits that as he goes through the most physical adversity he's been through in his life these past few years, that he has definitely drawn lessons that he learned and strength he found after his father's murder. Same way, Kerr says, just go day by day, immerse yourself in the things you love and the people you love and keep moving. You're listening to Medicine Remixed only on Anchor. Nothing in life can prepare you for taking and making a shot to win the NBA Finals. Here's Jordan. Did not have the shot. After all, playing alongside Michael Jordan can boost anyone's confidence. Phil told Michael, he said, Michael, I want you to take the last shot. And Michael said, you know, Phil, I don't feel real comfortable in these situations. So maybe we ought to go in another direction. So I thought to myself, well, I guess I got to bail Michael out again. Being in rarefied air with Jordan and being coached by Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich yielded Kerr five championships but despite being around three of the biggest winners in NBA history, his biggest influence remains someone who never saw him win a single title. Malcolm Kerr, the president of American University in Beirut, was gunned down in his school today, the latest victim of Lebanon's seemingly endless violence. Steve's father, Malcolm, who is as passionate about Middle Eastern affairs as his third child was about basketball, had been gunned down in a wave of anti-American sentiment. It was January 18th, 1984, and halfway around the world, in Tucson, 
Steve, then a freshman at the University of Arizona, heard the news. It was a huge shock to me, even given the situation in Beirut, I knew how dangerous it was. But what do you do? The patriarch of the family was gone, while Kerr reflected on how his basketball family helped to pull him through. That was obviously a really hard time in my life, but um, to be part of a team when you're going through adversity, to be able to rely on your teammates and your coaches, to be able to come in every day and be part of that family, um, I mean, that's what it's about. The day after the killing, Steve went to class and then to practice. And then the day after, he suited up for the Wildcats in their game against Arizona State with one main goal in mind. The whole game, I was thinking of my dad, and uh, I, had, I had dedicated the game to him um, privately. He made the first shot he took and was on his way to a successful career that was bittersweet in one big way. That's probably my biggest regret, you know, because he never got to see me play at Arizona and never got to see me play in the NBA. His senior year was capped by a trip to the Final Four, but not before an ugly incident that again evoked the pain of losing his father. Playing on the floor of their arch rival Arizona State, Kerr heard the unthinkable coming from the crowd. There were about 10 or 12 uh, students yelling, you know, where's your father? I rarely have a vindictive thought in my mind when I'm playing basketball, but that was probably the, the one game where I did, and uh, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Kerr responded to the heckling the only way he knew how, by channeling his emotion into action. He hit six three-pointers in the first half of that game, Arizona won by 28 points, and the prospect of a pro career, once seemingly impossible, was looking like a reality. I was just hoping to play college ball somewhere, and, and I know he would have loved to have seen me play there. There's no way we ever imagined that I, I would be playing in the NBA. More than three decades later, the NBA is still his home, a place his team is running through a range of emotions professionally that he's already experienced personally. We have to be ready as a franchise for heartbreak and joy and everything in between. As Kerr searches for another title, this one is a coach, he knows he might be getting a little help from dad. I'm not an overly spiritual person, but sometimes I think maybe he's pulling a few strings up there and that's why I ended up making it. And the dream season is now complete. The Golden State Warriors are the 2015 NBA champions. It was the best of times. Uh, I will not coach tomorrow night. It was the worst of times. That's the opening line of Charles Dickens' classic, A Tale of Two Cities. It's also the perfect way to describe the rapid rise and recent fall Continuing to uh, discuss the situation with my doctor. of six-time NBA champion and beloved head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, who had to call a personal timeout recently for personal health so reasons. This is something I've been dealing with and doing okay. and. Um, ups and downs but you know consistently coaching this past week for whatever reason uh, things got worse. Steve Kerr is kind of a soft-spoken dude but he hasn't been shy to speak his mind about his journey through modern healthcare. And I can tell you if you're listening out there if you have a back problem stay away from surgery. <laughs> I can say that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, rehab, rehab, rehab. Don't let anybody get in. After a physically toll-ridden professional basketball career under two modern NBA dynasties, the Chicago Bulls, where he won three championships. The Chicago Bulls have won 
sixth NBA championship, and it's their second. And the San Antonio Spurs, where he won two championships. Steve Kerr has had an understandable amount of wear and tear to his body. Even after all that athletic achievement at the highest level of the game of basketball, Steve Kerr was just getting started. He's been working on creating a dynasty of his own with the Warriors, a team that before 2015 hadn't won an NBA championship in 40 fucking years. Dude was on top of his game and on top of the world, at least on the outside. On the inside, Kerr was physically hurting tremendously from all those years of basketball weighing down on his body, especially his lower back. You guys are winning the title, but you're in real pain. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of when my back started to, to ache. He was dealing with severe lower back pain radiating down his leg, known as lumbar radiculopathy which I know, it's a ridiculous name, so it's maybe more commonly known as sciatica. Sciatica refers to a specific type of nerve pain, typically originating from the lower back and traveling through the buttocks, In the buttocks uh. and down the large sciatic nerve down the backs of your legs. Sciatica is typically caused by a lumbar disc herniation. Let me break down what that really means before we talk about what actually happened to Steve Kerr. Your actual spinal cord is directly connected to your brain. So if you were to remove all that surrounded your brain and spinal cord, like all the skin, muscle, bone, etc., the spinal cord would sort of look like a ponytail dangling from the base of the brain, kind of like Sub-Zero's finishing move in Mortal Kombat. Sub-Zero wins fatality. Sorry for anyone that doesn't get that reference, and you're welcome for anyone that does. Anyway, the human spinal cord is the original information superhighway, carrying information from the outside to the brain, and also sends information from the brain to the rest of the body. Along the spinal cord, there are exits where spinal nerves branch off. Think of these as off-ramps from the main highway. Few more blocks, it's gonna come up to a soft turn, right. Then hold straight. I've got some units waiting for you there. They're gonna lead you to the 105 freeway. It's not in use. It'll be empty. You'll be totally clear. Got it. Each spinal nerve, depending on which level it makes its exit, is responsible for carrying motor and sensory signals to things in that general area. Being that this cord is such an important structure, your body is designed in a way that it tucks your spinal cord behind a lot of protection, mainly your spinal column aka your backbone living tissue over endoskeleton my mission is to protect you if you imagine your spinal cord it's almost like a cooked spaghetti noodle which is actually pretty close to its real consistency maybe more like an udon noodle anybody else get hungry when they describe the spinal cord I'm hungry. no me neither so imagine putting that spinal udon noodle through some kind of spinal udon noodle condom What you would now have is a somewhat durable protective coating around that udon spinal noodle, making it less likely to be cut 
cord torn. That's essentially what your spinal cord is, a thick, long udon noodle with a condom on called the dura mater. And it just hangs from the base of your brain. Yep, it's dangling. So the actual spinal column, that's the bony casing around your spinal cord, isn't just made up of one long ass bone. Instead, think of it as a bunch of bone Lego blocks stacked on top of one another. These bone blocks are called vertebra, or vertebral bodies. You see, the spine is a row of vertebrae. Between those blocks, there's a tough, gummy bear-like disc that are like the shock absorbers of your spine, which are known to the medical nerds as intervertebral discs. Your spinal column is divided into three sections. Cervical, which is seven bony Legos in your neck, thoracic, which is 12 bony Legos in your mid-back, and lumbar, which is five bony Legos in your lower back. Lumbar disc herniations happen from twisting the back repeatedly over time, something the nerds call torsional strain. And this leads to small tears of the outside casing of the disc, which is known as the annulus fibrosis, which causes the jelly-like substance inside, called the nucleus pulposus, to squeeze or herniate out of the tear. That jelly can press on a nerve root that exits the spinal cord at that level, which essentially provides muscle strength and sensation to the legs. I know now why you cry. Bad disc herniations hurt like hell with sharp, sometimes burning pain that can shoot all the way down the leg into the toes. It can also actually cause weakness and numbness in the leg, which is never a good look. The first line of treatment consists of NSAIDs, or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, aka Motrin, or naproxen, aka Aleve, as well as one to two months of physical therapy, which is really important long term. The major keys to physical therapy is core strength, which essentially creates a muscular inner brace for your back, and hamstring flexibility to basically reduce the tension on the lower back from tight muscles which largely contribute to the cause of the majority of back pain. Between NSAIDs and physical therapy, more than 90% of people with a disc herniation get significantly better. Most of that jelly from the disc is made of water, so eventually it just evaporates and gets reabsorbed. If that doesn't work, corticosteroid injections can be given under x-ray guidance to decrease the swelling or inflammation that occurs around the pinch nerve from the herniated disc. A small surgery called a microdiscectomy, which is what Steve Kerr had, is reserved for patients with more than six weeks of disabling pain that failed those other things that I mentioned. A lumbar microdiscectomy is a really common back surgery done to remove a herniated disc in the lower back. It was a, supposedly a simple you know, microdiscectomy, it's the simplest surgery they do. It wasn't like a fusion or anything like that. Micro in microdiscectomy refers to the surgery being done under some sort of magnification, whether through an actual operating room microscope or surgical loop. And in medicine, the root word ectomy refers to removing something, like appendectomy means removing the appendix. So a microdiscectomy is removing a disc herniation under microscopic magnification. Even with all those fancy optics and special instruments used to remove the bony casing of your spinal column. Every once in a blue moon, either the surgical tool used to bite away a small path from the bone to access the herniated disc, or the sharp bone edge left from that very bone that was surgically bitten away, can actually nick that 
fluid-filled spinal condom called the dura that surrounds the spinal cord, which essentially causes fluid to leak out. And that fluid is known as CSF. And that stands for cerebro, which refers to the brain, spinal, which of course refers to the spine, and the fluid happens to be the official drink of your central nervous system, which is literally bathing in CSF. So we can properly experience anchor right now. Dural tears are pretty rare, but they do happen in about one in every hundred cases. Well, Kerr was that unlucky one in 100. And um, what was supposed to be a simple procedure, one that I've got half a dozen friends who've all had and who've yeah. it's gone really well for, it uh, it did not go well for me. And uh, so it was, a, it was a tough, tough road last year. Um, just a couple weeks after surgery, you know, starting to feel headaches and, and neck pain and dizziness. It was bizarre. And, um, and that led to me missing half the season. Yeah. Uh, and then I was able to come back. And fortunately, you know, I'm doing better. And, and, uh, but it's, you know, I'm still, still in some pain and it's, it's no fun, you know, getting old and feeling pain all the time. So he underwent back surgery on July 28, 2015, just weeks after the Golden State won the 2014-15 NBA championship. During that surgery, the dura was accidentally nicked and that caused a cerebrospinal fluid leak. If a dural tear is recognized right away, you can repair it with a fine suture, basically like the thickness of one of your hairs, and it creates a watertight closure. Unlucky strike number two for Steve Kerr was that there was no tear recognized at the time of surgery and the main symptoms Steve Kerr is suffering from are debilitating headaches and nausea which is caused by the change in pressure around the spinal cord and the brain since spinal fluid is leaking out of the dural sac. A second surgery followed two months later to repair Kerr's leak but by October 2015 he was still in pain. Steve Kerr missed almost half of the Warriors record-setting 2015-16 regular season leaving 35-year-old assistant coach Coach Luke Walton in charge of the best team in the league at the time. Even after he returned, the pain was so bad for Steve Kerr that he had to step aside after game two of the Warriors' first round playoff series win against the Portland Trailblazers in 2016 on some real deja vu shit since it was after the Warriors' third game with the Blazers during the first round of the playoffs this year that Steve Kerr announced that he had to step away from coaching yet again. After a dural tear, a trial period of bed rest where you have to lie completely flat to put pressure on the surgical wound from the outside to help the wound seal over. Another option could be to insert a drain through the skin to divert the cerebrospinal fluid and decrease the pressure inside the dura. Anesthesiologists and some pain management specialists can sometimes inject the patient's own blood into the space right on top of the tear, known as the epidural space, to create a localized clot known as a blood patch to seal up the tear. The last resort is another surgery to find the tear and sew it up in order to finally relieve his symptoms. Most dural tears will resolve over time, but it can really depend. Curtis tried just about everything else over the last year and a half since the spinal fluidly compromised his health. Uh, find some solutions including many different types of pain medicines yoga meditation exercise and even marijuana he has admitted that the back and leg pain he had before the surgery is completely gone but his pain now is completely different and in fact worse if his third back surgery is a lucky charm he's got a golden shot to come back in true warrior fashion to lead his team to a second nba title in three seasons steve kerr usually does well with three's company medicine remix wishes 
with Steve Kerr of Speedy Recovery. Steve, I know you never wanted to be about yourself, but couldn't help uh, see you crying there. Uh, just maybe not the details, but what is going through your mind? Is it is it what you had to go through this season? Is that part of the emotion that you were feeling yeah, right then? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Winning is uh, winning is fantastic. Um, I've been so lucky to be part of. Uh, you know, so many championship teams as a player and now as a coach, and uh, it never gets old. Uh, but tonight was a little different just based on, uh, you know, the things I've had to go through um, during this time. And I, and I know it's in front of their home crowd. That's different. But didn't it seem more, your guys seem more emotional? Steph, Draymond, I know they were emotional in 2015, but it didn't seem they'll have even more power this time. It's hard to compare. I mean, it's just winning a championship is so hard. And um, when you do it, you just, you know, you, you get nine months of, of um, all this work that and you can finally let loose. And so I, I wouldn't compare it to two years ago because it was equally as exciting back then. But um, it's just there's nothing like it, no feeling like it. Beep boop beep. I must say, I am quite fond of your Station Medicine remix. Darling listeners out there would be wise to tune in. Only here on Anchor. Beep boop beep. I got the medicine. This is your boy Debunk. It's your boy Reese. You're listening to Medicine Remix. Medicine Remix. On no other place but here on Anchor.